Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Smart Drivel. We promise the drivel, we hope for the smart. I'm John Ellenthal, joined by my co-host, Mrs. Kurt Schneider. And we are going to jump right in with a topic that many of us have talked about, and it's a great thing to share, pet peeves. I can tell from Kurt's face that he's already heated up about some pet peeves. So why don't you kick us off, well, Kurt? Well, the funny thing is the older we get, the more peeves, the more peevish we become. Peevish, by the way, that's a great word, peevish. It's a nice word. So I'll just start off there. I have many, and as we keep going through this, uh, hopefully some of our listeners could relate to some. But one was just this morning, John, driving down the parkway, someone going 50 miles in the left lane with no traffic. What are they doing? Get in the right lane. You should not be driving 50 miles in the left lane. Biggest pet peeve. So when you pass that person, which you no doubt did, yes. is it your custom to look at the person of and course. try to figure out what kind of person would do that? Well, I give them the stare like, are you crazy? Who are you? Did you have expectations of what that person was going to look like in terms of age or gender? That No. Okay, you're just saying no. So without you revealing what a sexist and ageist you are, Tell us what who what the person did look like when you passed him it or her. It was a man in his probably sixties, not an not a very older gent. This has nothing to do with your expectations. Just tell us the facts. Uh, he was a man in his sixties driving. It was a Jeep Cherokee, and a woman. I presume his wife was sitting next to them, and they were having a conversation, a little Sunday conversation. Okay, so they're they could out have for done it Sunday, in the right lane. They, they're out for a Sunday drive, and which doesn't exist anymore. Sunday drive. That was a thing of like the twenties when people worked six days a week, like in the, the cocktail 30s. hour. And they would work six days a week. All right, right? So, so Kurt, cocktail so hour at five p.m. When you looked no over as you were passing them, did you get the satisfaction of them looking over and seeing your mean? Icy That's the star? problem. No. So it was it was a no unrequited look. All right. So um, clearly, when we're driving the car, a lot of crazy things can torque us off. Um, my other, biggest yes. my biggest pet peeve when it comes to driving is uh, people who park in the handicap spot without handicap credentials. That drives me nuts because these people just seem like the rules don't apply to them and they're better than. And I have actually spoken to, uh, confronted many people over the years. And they, often they say, I'll just be in there for a second as if that were relevant. So, so I think we need a system, Kurt, where we can take a picture of those cars in that spot with the license plate in view and just text it to whatever the local police department is and have them issue a ticket because it's incontrovertible evidence, right? There's there's no handicap. Can you say that word again? Uh, incontrovertible. There's no there's no hanging sign off the rear placard, view mirror. Placard. Placard. Going back to the um, days of the Sunday drive, they yes. probably looked at placards and they would pull up their trousers. Uh, in any event. That's 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 solid evidence. So does your issue of the handicap go translate also to the bathrooms? So well, you have to go to the bathroom. There's four stalls, three are taken, and you really have to go number two, and the handicap stall is open. What do you do? <sighs> yeah, you take I, it. I think you use it. Aha, uh-huh, but wouldn't that be the same issue? I don't know um, because, I mean, it's a fair question, but- Somehow it's different. I don't know that I can articulate how it's different, but yes, it's in the same category of things. So I was, um, I was at a Starbucks last year and I'm walking in and a guy in a Range Rover pulls up, parks right in the handicap spot, right out in front. And he gets out of the car and he's like, you know, six, four, big human, bigger than I am. And 
I have one of these, you know, dilemmas. Do what I do only do? tell people who are older or smaller? Uh, or smaller? Um, so I, I, you know, what kind of person are you? It's one of those kinds of moments. So we're in line and I turned around and I said, I don't know if you noticed or not, but that's a handicap spot. And then I waited. Um, fortunately, uh, instantly he said, oh my God, I didn't realize that and got out of line and went to move his car. Good but it you. certainly could have turned out differently. No, but good for you. Thank you. So, um, so other, other pet peeves, Kurt. Uh, exclamation points. Uh, you want to contextualize that yes. or just people, standalone exclamation well, points? People overuse them. Any email these days you get these days or text, people think that they can use an exclamation point for anything. And things like saying, hey, how are you? Doesn't need an exclamation point. Or I had a bagel for breakfast does not need an exclamation point. But people decide that this is a society today. Oh boy, I'm sounding like a curmudgeon. I just don't like exclamation points. Save it for when you really need it. Yeah, so I think those kinds of exclamatory things are overused um, at the risk of sounding like a curmudgeon like you. Um, I also, as everybody does, has a real problem with people who text or write emails in all caps, which is which you know equates to screaming. But most people who do that don't know that it's interpreted as a scream. So another pet peeve, um, staying with the driving genre, uh, is when you're driving along and a car pulls out from a side road um, uh, and pulls out late enough that you actually have to hit your brakes. And then you... Once you make sure you don't hit the car, you look in your rearview mirror, and inevitably there is no one behind you. But that person decided they could not wait another split second. They have to pull in front of you. Why couldn't they wait, Kurt? I think it's because they were going someplace, and they were going someplace fast, and it was probably going to Starbucks so they could park in the handicap lot. Or possibly use the handicap bathroom. So what about, if we're talking about this, we are talking about this, Our Kurt. soft society, that is a pet peeve of mine. What do you mean a soft society? We seem to not be able to do anything on our own anymore. Ready for this? Okay. Lime-flavored beer. It's too much to actually take a lime and squeeze it into a beer if you want it. We have to buy a beer already flavored with lime. Do you have a lime handy at all times when you are having beer? No, but not all beers require lime. No, but if you were having a beer and you say, hey, I would like this beer with some lime in it, that would make that would make it better for me. And limes weren't available because limes are not ubiquitous. Um, most often you find them at the grocery store. Do you know why the Brits are called limeys? I do not. Really? So the British Navy, Is you, this, oh, you know the British Navy that was basically the I've strongest Navy in the world for hundreds of years. Yeah. Uh, they would get scurvy because they had a vitamin C deficiency, deficiency yeah. and scurvy was a scourge of the British so they Navy. Limes to so they were told to eat C? tons of limes. And why didn't they, them. I mean, I love limes. In fact, I think it's one of the greatest flavors on earth. Well, so do but, they. But if I were to eat large quantities of a citrus, I'd probably go the orange direction. Why limes? Are they more concentrated? In- Maybe they're smaller and they could fit better. Maybe they lasted longer on a Boat? Okay, I don't so know. if you could get back to all of this on why limes and not lemons, and I mean, the lemons would be even more difficult to eat in large quantity. Limey, limey. Well, that's excellent. You know, speaking of um, speaking of boating, yes, we were talking recently, and you taught me the origin of the word posh. Yes, would you like to share that? Sure. I had never heard that. So posh comes from when England, the sun never set on the British Empire. They were colonizing everything, and their big colony was India in the 19th century, 18th and 19th century. 
and they would take boats there and back. And it was a long trip. If you had enough money, you could afford to be in the shade side of the boat on the way out and on the way back. That happened to be port out, starboard home. And those people that could afford it were posh. Well, that is, um, um, you are, you get more interesting by the moment. And that's a great one. I did not And you're know not even drinking. I did not. Well, if I were, there'd be a lime in it. But, but um, we'll, do a whole, we'll do a whole episode, Kurt, sometime soon on, on the origin of what you would call the etymology of popular phrases because they're brilliant and they're, they just sort of entered our daily parlance and we don't think twice about them. And once in a while you go, where did that come from? But this podcast is about pet peeves. Yes. So since this podcast seems to be exclusively about pet peeves as it relates to transportation, um, although you were talking about how soft we got, but before we get there, because you you went from limes to limeys to boats, we both fly a lot. And an airplane is a great place for pet peeves. Oh, my gosh. So what do you do when the person in front of you puts the seat back? And therefore, it takes your laptop, which you're doing work on, and thrusts it into your midsection. And your arms, unless you are a dinosaur, can't actually physically reach the keyboard. What do you do? Well, first, I make a, um, because I am overly dramatic to begin with, I make an overly dramatic sound. Like, oh! Like, it really hurt a lot so that the person looks back. Um, Then... Because this is what happens in society. Because here I go again. This is what happens. You seriously, in, you have issues. We're going to have to get into them. I push my seat back, and then someone else pushes theirs back, oh. and it goes all the way so back. It's the reverse of paying it forward. You paid it backwards, exactly. literally and figuratively here. Yes. So, well, that's an interesting response to it. Um, they actually make a device, believe it or not. Uh, it's a little. It's a little contraption that you can jam into the seat in front of you that makes it impossible for the person in front of you to put their seat back. It is frowned upon by the airlines because that's considered out of bounds. In any event, you can buy this device and hopefully the person whose seat you jammed doesn't think it's you. Instead thinks, oh, my seat is broken and you can have a pleasant flight without having somebody's head in your lap. I worked with a guy years ago. Speaking about flying, this is not a pet peeve. It's just funny. Okay. And he used to, because he loved it, would go into the bathroom. He'd sit on the toilet and he'd leave the door unlocked just so he could see the faces of people when they opened the door okay. and he laughed. So that's not normal, Kurt. Are there, <laughs> I also have a guy I used to work close with. close to normal. I have another person I used to work with who couldn't stand his pet peeve was when people took their shoes off on airplanes. Now, I happen to be one of those people I do take my shoes off. You don't take your socks off, though, do you? but I did sit next to someone who clipped their toenails on the plane. Anyway, this guy, if you took your shoes off and fell asleep, he would take your shoes and he'd either hide them in the airplane or he one time he took one of the shoes in his bag. This is the same bathroom guy or a different guy? No, different guy and walked off with them. When you're interviewing to hire new people for your company, do you specifically um, dive into whether they have certain deviant behaviors on board airplanes and then hire them when they do? Yes, I take them on the airplane with me and I see how they act. All right, so you, you mentioned going to the bathroom on it. You mentioned being in the bathroom on an airplane. Um, You've also mentioned bathrooms before in our handicap discussion. I know people who fly hundreds of thousands of miles a year who have never gone to the bathroom. I meant go to the bathroom on the plane. They've taken a piss and all that, but that is the limits of what they're prepared to do in the bathroom. What's your take on that? 100% agree. 
You do. 100%. You do. Oh, yeah. So what do you do if you have to go to the bathroom? Well, on the newer planes, they have, oh, here we go. They have handicap accessible, not handicap only. How does that help you? They're big enough. Otherwise, big the, enough. the bathroom's too small and it constricts things. What are you trying? Oh, so you can't physically go to the bathroom. It's not a, it's not a behavioral it's barrier. It, no, it's tough physically. Wow. So yeah. you're, you're, you're. You're closer to average size than yeah. oversized, and yeah. you find the bathroom's yeah. too cramped for yeah. everything to flow. Yeah. You can't achieve flow. No. I have no problem um, doing that. And you're, we're approximately the same size, so maybe when the podcast is over, we can go to the bathroom and we can, you can tell me how you're, show me how you're doing it. Let's not do that. So let's get to other pet peeves, Okay, please. pet peeves. Do you have another one? I'll have another one, um, but I want you to go. Yeah, so... Uh, I was at a restaurant the other day having having uh, having lunch with a friend, and inevitably someone's cell phone rings, and there are still people who have the ringer on ring as opposed to on vibrate. Ooh, wait a second. I'm okay, check. check on that. Okay, good. And so it rings, and you know what? Usually it rings once or twice, and someone goes, oh, and they reach into their bag or their pocket, and they turn the phone off. This was a loud ring. It wasn't the typical iPhone ring. It had it simulated an actual old phone with a bell ringing. Yeah, it rang five or six times, and the person whose phone it was had the phone and was continuing to let it ring while they looked at what was going on on the phone, who it was. So, people who don't seem to give a shit about what they're doing and how it impacts everybody else around them, like the handicap parking, perhaps the handicap bathroom, perhaps not. That stuff drives me nuts. I'm with you. I think that you have to at least understand that you don't live in your own bubble. By the way, pet peeve in restaurants these days, it used to be, I used to think, when you you waited till everyone finished their meal. I know where you're going. This drives me nuts. Before you you remove the plates. But now waiters come, one person's eating slowly, one person's eating fast, and they take some plates away and leave others. So when did that start? That they didn't wait until everybody at the table was done to start bussing the table. But as soon as any individual is done... um, I don't know, but we are sounding like those two old guys on Sesame Street. Well, it's possible we are two old guys because we are above average in age. (sighs) Well, okay. Can I do one more thing that bothers me? um, If this is therapeutic for you, especially, yes. Okay. Well, this gets back to soft society. Okay. Talk to me about heated steering wheels, please. So heating steering wheels. I love it. I have one. Love it. It is nice. And now I can't live without it. You should be able to live without a of heating, course you could steer, live without heated it. steering wheel. Okay, your statement that you couldn't live without it is preposterous on its I face. I don't wish to live without okay, it. Okay, and you think the fact that your life has been improved in this tiny increment yes. by having a heated steering wheel somehow soft. turns you into a soft person. Soft. Tell me how that softness manifests. I want to know how your heated steering wheel has made you soft. Because I got in my son's car the other day to drive it, and it was very cold, and the steering wheel was not heated, and I was very upset. It, bo- it bothered me. Okay. Okay, so you so that that's that's your that's what it means to be soft. Yeah. Okay, so talk to me about keyless entry. Is that a problem? Uh, no, that's okay. You know why? When it's really cold out, uh-huh. and you put the key in. This happened to me in college, by the way. Once I was going to school way up north, it was freezing cold. I came out. I think about, we can tell people you went to Dartmouth. It's I okay. I came out at about six in the morning, and I went to put my key in the door, and I put my key in. I went to turn it, and it snapped right off. Oh shit. All right, so keyless entry, that's a bona fide improvement. Ah, why do people not drive stick shifts anymore? I think, I think that 
that that is too bad. But I think that you know what we have so many more things to do with our hands, unfortunately, than just drive a car. Whether it's doing things with our phones that we shouldn't, holding a cup of coffee. So it took many years after the American market had shown its love for drink holders for BMW, which you know is is all about you know Spartan interiors for BMWs to finally give in to the needs of the American and market and good, put right. they're not good so they're half assing it but they're doing it but they're showing protests but their ashtrays are phenomenal um what is it about the BMW's ashtray that makes it so phenomenal well, they're wood grained I mean they they're it's a, still a smoking society by the way where where is it still a smoking society when you Germany when you drive on the uh on the um um um, German, Road? German roads. Okay. The exits are called Ausfarts. That's just funny. That is, you know what? The, the German language, <laughs> Ausfarts. I've often wondered And you have how, to take a picture of every one, every sign, Ausfart. You know what? If I were to see a sign like that, I'd probably take a picture and right? immediately send it to you. I have one on here. On However, I would refrain from putting exclamation points on because- You know, I don't it's like on, it's, Well, it's not just because you don't like it. I just think it's unnecessary. So if you're, if you're working in a presentation and everything is in bold, nothing is in bold. And I think there are just multiple layers to a communication, whether it's visual or otherwise. And emphasis needs to be used sparingly for it to, in fact, emphasize something. But Auschwitz? Ausfart. Ausfart. By the so, way, I once was told when I was first coming up in business about giving presentations, to, to your point, mm-hmm. the person that speaks like this the whole time, you don't listen to a word they say, but if you then all of a sudden drop down, it yes. causes people to listen. I think whispering is a very powerful way to get people to both say? calm down and lean in. What did you say? So um, I've often thought, I mean, the German language, which I can't say I know all that well, although my family comes in part from Germany, and I've enjoyed my trips to Germany. It's such a guttural language. I always imagine, what is it like to say something romantic, to propose to someone in German? <laughs> I mean, you probably end up spitting all over them. But, you know, we have a word in, the, in in our country, butterfly, which is a, you know, it sort of sounds, it's got a little onomatopoeia going on Melodious, there, you should say. yes. Um, mellifluous, perhaps? And I think in England, I don't know if this is really the case, but it's flutterby, whereas in France, it's, um, it's papillon. And in Italian, it's mariposa. Those are all very beautiful words, aren't they? Beautiful. In German, schmetterling, <laughs> which seems to lose some of the... The, the schmetterling is flying by. Yeah, it's a fine kind of... Um, uh, is it a bug? I have. It's an insect. It's it's yeah. It's an insect. It's so. not a bird for sure. No, no. But, no, no. but it's, it's an, an insect. insect. But it's got a refined profile, and it's really very beautiful. And it floats on the air. Schmetterling. Muhammad right, Ali would not have been good, by the way. <laughs> Float Floated. like a schmetterling and sting like I don't know how they say bee, but yeah. I'm sure it's um, I'm sure it's got a lot going on there. So Kurt, we're we're nearing the end of this episode, and um, as is our custom, we started off with pet peeves and. Hit on a few and then found ourselves into all other cul-de-sacs of conversation. So we're going to have to wrap up this week's episode um, with a placeholder to discuss the etymology of popular phrases. Um, And Posh, thank you for that. Um, Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? No, I look forward to the next time. Uh, As do I. So um, I hope you have enjoyed our uh, latest episode of... Smart Drivel. This is Kurt Schneider. And I'm John Ellenthal. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, hope to hear you again. Hope for you to hear us again soon. How do you say that? 
Yeah. You hear, can, us, hear us again soon. Hope to have you hear us again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>